Blog Talk Radio. Megatron 54. Um, those are my names on different various websites that involve dating. But anyways, doesn't matter. We have a new enticing episode of Geek Fives uh, that you can only find on this wonderful network, Blog Talk Radio. Um, and we have a great show for you guys. Uh, I have a couple guys here that want to hang out, uh, you know, for the for the evening, if you will. Uh, one of them, you probably know him. His name is Jawan. How's it going, Jawan? Good. What's going on, man? You, you doing good, man? I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk some superhero news. All right, we don't have to get to that. Uh, have you eaten any new foods lately? You know, like something something different? Or like <laughs> I'm sure that people can't wait to hear me talk about food. Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, and also we have uh, Kanan. How, how's it going, man? It's going really good. Going good. Can't wait to talk tonight. Uh, everyone can't wait to talk, especially women. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, all right, let's get to our first topic, guys. Um, a big topic that happened that uh, Tuesday when this happened, I think that I slapped my face and laughed after hearing it. Um, it's a pretty amazing thing. Uh, basically, Ben Affleck has stepped down from directing The Batman. Um now, we'll get into all different aspects about this, but of course, when you hear something like this and you're, you're excited about seeing one of your favorite actors who's also playing Batman very well, I should say, uh, and he's not going to direct anymore after hearing a lot more problems uh, with the, the, the ship in the captain, if you will, um, it kind of sucks. But uh, here's a quote that he said, uh, you know, for his departure to Variety. He said, uh, there are certain characters who hold a special place in the hearts of millions. Performing this role demands focus, passion, and the very best performance I can give. It has become clear that I cannot do, do both jobs to the level they require. Together with the studio, I have decided to find a partner and a director who will collaborate with me on this massive film. I'm still in this, and we are making it. 
but we are currently looking for a different director. I remain extremely committed to this project and look forward to bringing this to life for fans around the world. All right, Juwan, is this is this just, you know, uh, dazzling magic to kind of like, you know, fool us a little bit uh, while everyone's screaming and things are on fire over at Warner Brothers? Or is this a good statement from Ben Affleck? Well, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, um, if you can't do it, then it's best that you don't do it. Um, he's, he's juggling a lot. I mean, even like Schnepp said on, on uh, Collider Heroes, it takes a lot to be a producer, a writer, the actor, and the director. Um, it's just way too many different things you're juggling. So if he thinks it's in within the best interest of this movie to step down and let someone else take over, I I don't have any issues for it. Um, I know when I heard the news, I was just like, all right, I wasn't devastated, but I was just like, I hope this is the only news that's coming out of this movie, bad-wise. Um, but I don't have any issues. Like I said, if he thinks it's within the best interest, then do it. Kanan, how do you feel about this whole thing? Are you happy with butterflies and teddy bears and shit? Um, I, I've, I do see a silver lining with this news. But I think my biggest reaction when I heard that he had stepped down was, oh, crap, here we go. Now I'm going to have to defend the DCEU again all <laughs> week from people who are going to say that it's doomed. But uh, Juwan is right, and this was a huge undertaking because this isn't a typical Ben Affleck directing movie. This is a $200, $250 million project that they wanted him to direct star, write, produce. I mean, that's huge. I mean, he. I don't think this man's had a break in three or four years, plus trying to be a father, plus trying to be a, a husband. That's a tough undertaking. Oh, so as long as he stays oh, committed to that, exactly, exactly. So um, I, I think this is going to allow him to, for WB to bring in a, a good director uh, to work with Ben so that it's still his vision and now he can focus on the task at hand because, I mean, the guy was getting hounded. Every He's out here trying to promote another movie, and the only questions people are asking him is, are you directing Batman? I mean, he would tell you, I'm directing it, I'm directing it. I think he just finally was like, look, I, I need a break. I need the pressure taken off of me, so someone else is going to have to do this, and he made that decision. Uh, a lot of people are saying that this decision was made months ago, uh, and that this and that WB knew about this. This is why they're talking to Rock about Black Adam and Shazam, uh, because you know they're they're saying that you know Batman's not going to be out next year. Which I mean, who really thought that they were going to have the movie out next year? I don't really. That would have been uh, with all the promotion for Justice League and everything. I, I just don't see what he really would have had time. I think they were kind of trying to get the you know maybe the ball rolling this year, but I don't think it would have been ready to go next year. I think that would have been really rushing it. So. But that, that's my take on it. There's a lot of positives, but yes, I mean now it's now it's have to defend the DCEU because it's doomed. Ben Affleck's going to drop out. Then people are saying he's going to quit the movie altogether. And you know, welcome to the world of yeah, a DC I, fan. Yeah, I, I I mean, all right, it, it, it's understandable to be worried uh, due to situations like this happening, but. To just be like, all right, everything's dead, and let's make up rumors now that he's gonna leave the project. And, ah! Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Um, all right, so I think, oh, 
Okay, we got some uh, we got some people on hold uh, that will get to join with us. Uh, remember, I haven't really mentioned that. Wow, this this board is full. This looks nice. Um, anyways, uh, if you guys want to call in, it's nine two nine four seven seven three seven eight one. You'll be on hold. Uh, if you want to join the program, press one. I'm going to take these two callers because they're uh, some friends of ours. We'll probably won't be taking a little bit more until a little bit later. So uh, yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so I'm pretty sure. All right. Hey, who do we got? Hello? Is this me? Is it me? Hello? Uh, the person that we just took off hold that wasn't here originally. I think I just got unmuted. This is Joel. Joel! What's up, Joel? Okay. How's it going, man? I'm in good. Have you eaten any... <clears throat> have you eaten any different foods lately? Anything like that? You know, exotic? Like Anthony Bourdain-style <laughs> shit? I've been asking everyone all night. Anthony Bourdain type shit? Is that what you just asked me? Yeah, some exo- <laughs> don't worry about it. Anyways, we'll, 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 we'll put on the next person. All right, who do we got to add to this craziness? Uh, you got Anthony. What is up, Anthony? How's it going, man? What's going on? All right, well, this will be, be a good crew to try to balance. It's going to give me a panic attack. All right, well, um, <laughs> since we already talked about it, um, let me start off with Joel. How do you feel about the whole entire directing, directing thing with uh, Batman? Ben Affleck, uh, I was um, obviously like everybody. <clears throat> I was extremely disappointed and upset um, because obviously, you know, we've been hyped up for like two years that Ben Affleck is going to direct the Batman, you know. So as excited as I was, I was just as disappointed more so disappointed at the fact that it's not going to happen. And what really got me was like, damn, after now hearing this, it's going to, even more negativity towards the project is going to be thrown. It's going to be so much bullshit now. And it's going to be hard to defend. Because honestly, it's like, it, it, we, we, even though we didn't like to admit it, I mean, things have, it's been a struggle, obviously. Ben Affleck has been very apprehensive about the whole idea since, Every time they bring it up, you know, he did come out like two weeks ago saying, hey, I'm in, I'm definitely doing it. And then like maybe in two weeks later, you know, here we are. And, and it kind of sucks. But I look at it, I try to look at it in a more positive way because of the fact that the same way I look at the Flash uh, page one rewrite, I'm like, this is, I'd rather they start like the Flash one, they start from scratch and, and, and do something they're more comfortable with than, like, forcing or something that's not working. And I feel the same way about Ben Affleck directing. Like, instead of forcing something that's not working, just go with a different director if that's how it's going to be, in my opinion. And, I, and to me, that's, a, that's the only positive I could can, I can take from that, in my opinion. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, if, you, if you're going to get to that point, uh, do, wait until you are completely done and ready and do not give us another half-assed thing. So if, if they're going to take the time to make sure it's right, I, hey, I think that's for the best. Um, Anthony, um, how did you feel about the news? I, I'm saying how do you feel like about the news, like like you're going to be like, I thought it was great. I'm so glad Ben Affleck's gone, but how, how did you feel about it? I mean, I, I feel like I'm kind of in the majority where I was a little disappointed to hear it, but I think a lot of that comes from the fact that most people – were looking at Ben Affleck's directing track record and realizing, like, hey, you know, not only did he do a phenomenal job in Batman vs. Superman, not only does it look like he's going to do an even better job in Justice League, but looking at him as a director in general, I mean, the movies he's directed in the past 
what, 10 years have all been extremely phenomenal films. And you take a guy like that who's had nothing but a good track record directing and a resurgence in acting over the past few years and you put that in that mold of Batman and, you know, everybody has a high expectation of what they're hoping is going to happen and what they're expecting is going to happen. And then to hear him say, hey, I'm stepping down as director, I mean, there's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel because he didn't say he's stepping out of the role of Batman. I mean, that would have ruined more of people's excitement for the movie than just him leaving as director. But, I mean, at the end of the day, as long as he, since he's so attached to it, can help find someone that he knows will do a good job, I think the worry is really kind of minimal in that most people, including myself, will probably subside with their worry as soon as that person is announced. No, I completely agree with that. And I think that not only, I mean, it's a good segue because it's about, uh, we're about to talk about that. Um, once we get a director, especially if we get someone with credibility, and it doesn't have to be a big name. I actually don't even want a big name director, um, especially if they can have good chemistry or based on them working together, possibly they can have good chemistry. I think that that could be a really good thing. Uh, I'm going to actually, we're going to go around the circle and, uh, you know, let's let's take some some positive, uh, you know, director casting, if you will, uh, within this whole entire thing. What directors, uh, you know, you can name one or a couple, uh, would you like to see uh, direct this film? Uh, Juwan, have you thought about this at all? Um, I'd say I'd only go with the guy who directed The Accountant, <clears throat> only because he handled the action in there very well. Uh, ben Affleck's character was kind of on the stealthy uh, side, which you'd need for a Batman. Um, and they worked very well together. Gavin O'Connor? Yes, Gavin O'Connor. Gavin O'Connor, you said the accountant who did Warrior? Yeah, Yeah. he's absolutely one of my top choices as well. Um, Um, uh, Candid, how how about you? Have you thought of a director that you'd like to see take over this role? I I have thought about uh, directors, and um, I mean, I really would like to see David Fincher maybe uh, take over. It would be amazing. Yes, uh, I also am on board if they do get Matt Reeves. But I mean, there's yep. a lot of people out yep. there that seem like they they that they want Snyder to direct the Batman movie for the visuals, where you know Ben Affleck could come in and do the story and everything, you know, because they've worked together on BVS and uh, Justice League, and um, Snyder, you know, taught Ben visual effects for movies, so. But if, if I had to go with with my pick, it would probably be uh, probably be Fincher. All right, Anthony, have you thought about anyone? Um, I've had a few names kind of going back and forth. Uh, I saw something the other day, or someone suggested Christopher Nolan, and I thought that that would be a really interesting change. But I mean, I don't see it happening. But I thought that that would be really interesting just to see how he does with this new world that the DCEU has brought together for Batman. Um, But as far as, like, outside of that, uh, I thought maybe, like, Scott Cooper would be a really good one. He did, like, Out of the Furnace with Christian Bale. And he did... Yeah, and he did... um, There's another film that he did recently that I really... Black Mass. 
with Johnny Depp. That was the other one. Yes. That, you know, something like that, it's really toned down and the action can increase. And he could actually put it at a point where it's not, you know, brutal and in your face, but it'll hit hard enough to get its point across. And I think for a director like that, that would be really good for a, a dark, really toned down and realistic Batman film, which is probably what they're going to go for. Yeah, no, I definitely like that. Uh, Joel, you got anyone? Uh, I have no one in particular in mind. I mean, I'm very happy with the shortlist that they gave us. I mean, like Matt Reeves was a good choice. Yeah. David Fisher was awesome. Denny Villanueva, I would be happy with. All these guys are great. Even Zach, I'm like, Zack Snyder to a point, I guess. I really want to see what he does with Justice League before I make that final decision, but <clears throat> he probably is a better fit for Batman more so than Superman, in my opinion, but I, I, I have no one in particular. I'm just, I just don't expect it to be anyone super, like, a real big name uh, director, because I do expect this director to work hand-in-hand with Ben Affleck, not so much him taking full reign. I do believe it would be more of a partnership type of director, so it's going to be probably someone he's more comfortable with. Maybe maybe Gavin O'Connor, who I really I really love the idea accountant, so it works out for me. But so we'll see. Yeah, you're you're basically saying that you don't need like uh, you know Steven Spielberg to do this. Right, right, because that's then it's his movie at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And uh, I loved all the names that you guys said. Um, uh, I made like a top five, and Matt Reeves, uh, Denny Villeneuve, and uh, Gavin O'Connor were my top three. All of them would do great. I don't know if, if Dennis, if, if he has enough time, because as soon as he gets done with the Blade Runner um, sequel that he's doing, he's, he's going to start doing the Dune movies. So, And yeah. I also, even though if, if he was going to do Batman, I'd be down, but I think he would be perfect to do a Martian Manhunter movie just because he could blend sci-fi with neo-noir, you know, crime and stuff like that from the right. movies he's done in the past. Uh, but, I mean, if, if you were to do it, that would be great. Um, I also said that Kerry Fukunawa, I know that he hasn't done anything in um, in film. Uh, he was supposed to do it, but the first season of True Detective was amazing. And uh, maybe a new director that could, like, work underneath Ben would be good. But I think Gavin O'Connor is the best choice. Him and Fincher have worked with Ben at least. So, who knows? Um, does anyone else uh, – just say your name, basically. Does anyone else want to, like um, – say anything else about this whole entire subject before we move on? I'm guessing that's a big no. All right. Uh, we're going to go on to the next. Okay, good. I, I like that. So if I get direct silence, it's not confusion. It, it just means that you guys don't want to. Perfect. All right. Here's a great uh, subject if it's not a bunch of bullshit. Um, I'll just say it. All right. Michael Bay might be leaving Transformers. Isn't that great, guys? You know, after they made that committee yeah. of, of different really talented directors and fucking showrunners and writers, and then, oh, guess what? But Michael Bay's still doing the next fucking one, so fuck it. Throw it out the damn window. Uh, apparently, he's stepping down after this. But if you guys will remember, when we got uh, our fourth, um, you know, when we got our fourth uh, film, he said the same thing. So I don't know if that's 100% true or not, um, you know. Who knows? But before we uh, get started on the subject, um, Joel, I heard that you got to leave, buddy. It was good talking to you, as always. Uh, you know, you're one of the hosts on the show. So, uh, but yeah, Thank good you. night, man. Okay. All right, guys. All right, bud. All right, have a good one. You too. Good night. But um, 
All right, let's let's get with you, Kanan. Um, how do you feel about Michael Bay leaving the Transformers franchise finally, and do you think it's a bunch of bullshit and they'll still do the next one? I think if uh, Paramount walks up to him and says, here is uh, a truckload full of money, then yes, I think he will, unless he just really wants to um, you know, focus on other work. I mean, I know we've been down this road before, and he even mentioned that in his quote that he said this before, but to be honest, I think and I really liked the first Transformers, and where a lot of people thought the second one was terrible, I thought it was okay. I really liked Dark of the Moon, but I don't know where he's going with this franchise now because ever since Mark Wahlberg took over, the Age of Extinction was terrible. I've not watched it again since I watched it in theaters. That's how much I dislike it, and I have not been thrilled with what I've seen in the trailers for uh, the last night so far. So if this movie is anything like Age of Extinction, then yes, please, it's time to to reboot the franchise and maybe go Rodimus Prime or something and get a new director who's going another direction. But I I think he's I think he's brought Paramount enough money that they can go in another direction or maybe just stop the franchise altogether, go with something else. I mean. But. Well, I think they just like money, um, unfortunately. <laughs> and yeah. that's what keeps and they make money. Crap. So I, I I would love to see Beast Wars, but I know there's a lot of Transformers fans that could care less about that and want them to actually do a successful Transformers movie. But, you know, teach their own. Uh, Juwan, uh, do you think this is true at all, or do you think that he's just blowing smoke up all of our asses? Uh, no, I actually um, I believe him fully. Um and this this shows me that um, God does answer prayers. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I feel as though I feel as though he's telling the truth. He will step down as the director, but I guarantee you he'll just be a producer moving forward. Um, someone else will come in, direct it, and he'll still be the producer behind it, and it'll still feel like a Michael Bay film. When he says he's when he says that he'll walk away fully from Transformers, then that's when I'll be like, oh. Great, we've been waiting for that. But I feel as though this is him just saying, I don't want to direct anymore, but I'll still be like a producer. Uh, how about this? Here's a question for you. If, if this film ends on a note, because they seem like they're doing a lot of stuff from the actual animated movie, like, you know, we might get some aspects uh, of that. Uh, if it leaves on a good enough of a note that they could just start over, so they just wait and reboot in like three years, or just keep on going with a different path with a different director? Uh, it actually depends. I know the guy who's supposed to be directing the uh, new G.I. Joe film said that when Bay was done with the films is when the talks would start to go of a Transformers-G.I. Joe crossover. I think a crossover between those two with Michael Bay completely out of the way, and whoever the hell was overseeing those last two G.I. Joes is out of the way, and you can get someone who can really lead those two franchises in a positive direction. You wait about maybe five years, and you launch that crossover as a way to restart both franchises moving forward. No, I agree, and not only that, I mean, you got to understand, Paramount has rights to so many 80s classic uh, animated stuff, if you will. I mean, they have uh, the Micronauts, they have Transformers, uh, they have the Ninja Turtles, they have G.I. Joe, they have one other G.I. Joe knockoff that I forgot what it was. It's not Cops, but any, what I'm saying is they could easily form a 
shared universe, very much like Marvel and DC. Maybe it's too late to start doing that because it's becoming redundant or something. But, you know, I don't understand how when you saw that writer's room and you have, uh, you know, they formed and you have the guy that made um, the first season of Daredevil and you have the dude, uh, the writer from The Walking Dead. I'm forgetting their names right now. But I'm just saying you had so much stacked talent and somehow – I just don't understand how we keep on getting shit. I, I think that a lot of people feel that way. Anthony, how do you feel about this? Do you think Michael Bay is uh, leaving finally on a jet plane and he's not gonna? He doesn't know when he's gonna come back again. I think that if he really had like a passion project that he wanted, he should. I mean, who's to say that he actually will? The money will always be a factor, and no one can. Are you ever saying that different. he's gonna do The Rock too? Is that, is that what you mean? He's going to do the Rock 2 final with Sean Connery and uh, Nicolas Cage? I mean, or he'll do Bad Boys 4. He's not doing Bad Boys 3 because that's Joe Conahan, but he could be doing Bad Boys 4. There are two yeah. coming. Yeah. So, I mean, that's possible. But, I mean, I, I think that for the sake of the franchise, he probably should and just stay on as director or as producer and maybe writer. Because um, I feel like that... The series fizzled out really after the first one anyway, but I think if they wanted to give it a fresh start and go forward and continue with whatever continuity they're going with, because they're clearly in a separate continuity, um, then give it some new blood, have a different director come in and take over and have someone else with their point of view come in and do it in a different light and just have his input. That's a very good point. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing is that if we get a different person behind the camera and uh, a different person to match up with a, a good script, that we could get a completely different product just based on that. Even if they try to, like, you know, go for the same tone or it's a part of the same, um, you know, chronologically part of the same story, you know, if we get someone like Matthew Vaughn on this or um, I'm trying to think of another director you know, uh, Neil Bloomkamp or something like that, someone to take this in a different direction based on their directing skills. It could be a really fun franchise. And, yes, if they're going to do something, cross over with G.I. Joe. I mean, I used to do that when I was a kid anyways. It was the coolest thing ever. Used to be freaking in the bathtub and fucking, you know. Anyways, I shouldn't be talking about that on uh, air. Anyways, but (laughs) getting to the point. Uh Michael Bay leaving Transformers is probably going to be the best thing for Transformers. And I think we can all agree on that, right? Absolutely. All right. All right, let's get into some Aquaman casting. Um, God, this is going to be the hardest thing of the day. Uh, All right, so we've got some casting for Aquaman. Um, uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen II. I don't think I fucked that up. All right, um... Anyways, he has been cast as Black Manta. Um, he's known for his role in The Get Down, which I still have not currently seen. Uh, just because everyone told me it was crap at the beginning, and then it, all of a sudden it got really, really good. And I was like, well, shit, you know, I'm, I'm done. But I, I want to go back and watch it, just mainly to see him act. Uh, but younger, uh, one problem I see with that, even though I like his look, and, you know, uh, uh, people have told me he's good in the show. Um, he's too young to have a realistic Aqualad for a son that can actually interact with everyone. You have to be really young, uh, but who cares? Maybe they're not going to worry about that at all. But anyways, he's cast. Uh, we have a rumor or not rumor, but 
apparent final negotiations that Nicole Kidman is going to play Atlanta, uh, which is the queen and the mother of Arthur. And then we also just got in that uh, Tumoreau Morrison, who's known for Django Fett and Attack of the Clones and also was Abin Sur in Green Lantern. I think he's playing his father. Uh, That's my guess. Uh, he could definitely, you know, be someone that would look like Jason Momoa. Um, so that's the casting right now. Um, I like all the names that they just said, uh, especially uh, Nicole Kidman, uh, because she's a great actress. Um, Juwan, how do you feel? Uh, did you want someone else possibly as Black Manta, or are you happy with this name? Uh, well, I think you know who um, I wanted as, as Black Manta, but from what guys like Jonah and, you know, a bunch of other people were telling me, he was actually really good on the get down. Um, my only question, the only question I had, I like the look. He has the look. My only question was, I need someone who has a menacing, deep voice. And everyone was saying he doesn't really have that on the show. But, I mean, I guess it's something you can maybe work on developing. Um, you know, they haven't started shooting yet. They're, they're, I think they're in the middle of a bunch of reads on, on the script and stuff like that. They'll start shooting in a few months. But as long as he can bring me that deep, menacing voice, um, I, I'm fine with the casting. I, I won't complain whatsoever. Um, as far as Nicole Kidman, I wish they would have went uh, someone else for his mother. But I always, it, as soon as they announced it, I'm like, I could totally see uh, – Ocean Master killing her in this movie, so that doesn't really bother me at all, um, her being cast. Uh, and as far as the other guys, Aquaman's father potentially, I'm completely fine with that. Um, as long as we don't see a lot of him moving forward, I think this movie should be um, all we see of him. He doesn't have to die. I'm just saying, like, I don't really want to see that. Because so far in Superman, we've seen Clark's father in Man of Steel and DVS. Um, it seems like what Zack Snyder seems like what Zack Snyder tweeted out um, the other day or a few days ago. We might see him again, uh, whether the you know obviously from a flashback in Justice League. Um, so I'm just really hoping we don't get too much doses of these are our parents. These are our parents. We get it. We get it. We don't need to see your parents all the time. So, but like I said, I'm fine with the castings. I have no issues. I just hope that the guy that they casted as Manta can get that deep, ominous, menacing voice, and then I'm fine. So we basically we're gonna have him hang out. We're gonna hang, have him hang out with James Earl Jones for about a week and just follow behind him and study his voice. And then we'll make him watch every episode of The Wire uh, from start to finish to study uh, what you call Idris Elba's voice, and he'll be fine. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll be able to pick that up fine. Uh, or just have uh, him do the motion capture and, and have Idris Elba yeah. do the voice. Well, at that point, let's take the guy out of there and get himself up. Um, <laughs> or Tony Todd. Could, yeah, or Tony. Tony ah, Tony Todd's kind of scary, man. Him as Zoom. Whew, that was a, he's got a great voice. Um, anyways, Anthony, how do you feel about the casting information? Um, my first... I, it's really sad, but my first thought was that, like, Nicole Kidman does not even remotely look like she could be related to Jason Momoa. Like, not even yeah, a little bit. So it threw me off because, like, I mean, in my head, I'm like, realistically, no one would believe that. But 
I mean, whatever. She looks more related to Amber Heard than Jason Momoa, and that's it's weird. Well, what to if, me. what if, what if the dad but, is uh, Jingo Fett? Yeah, no, I mean, the, if if he's the one that's casted, that's a little more believable because Jango Fett in episode two looked like he was kind of that Hawaiian, Samoan look, like he kind of had that kind of face and that skin yeah. tone, so it makes a little more sense for him to be, you know, Aquaman's father than Nicole Kidman to be Aquaman's mother. But, I mean, it is what it is if that's who they're going to go with if that's the coupling that's fine I'm sure either way it'll probably turn out great I have full faith in James Wan no matter what so I'm all right with that um as far as the guy who is supposedly Black Manta I watched like the first episode and a half of the get down and I don't really remember him so I mean I guess that doesn't really help sway my decision but Look-wise, I mean, he could be pretty awesome. He could be a big, bulky guy who could actually put a fight to Jason Momoa and make it seem believable, and that's perfectly fine. He'll probably be more of a minor villain anyway when it comes to Ocean Master. So at the end of the day, I mean, whether or not he has a deep, menacing voice or whether or not he's believable in his fight scenes will probably be kind of mooted by the end of the movie. But... I mean, if he can bring it, then bring it. And that's really all I'm worried about. Kanan, same question. Yes. Well, if McQueen is good enough for The Rock, then he's good enough for me. And The Rock tweeted out, you know, how it was a great casting. And Oh, yeah. So, he's, he's in, um, he's in um, uh, what the hell is it called? Baywatch with them, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But, okay. I, and I said this, and I said this that, uh, it's not a it's not a home run like out of the park type casting. It's it's very safe, but I I think that Patrick Wilson is going to be the main bad guy. So they have their their star power. So they went and got someone safe for Black Mana, and I really think he's going to do a great job. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see how he does in the movie. As far as the Cole Kidman goes. WB has wanted Nicole Kidman in the DCEU since I think she was supposed to be in Wonder Woman, but due to scheduling, she uh, they cast um, uh, Connie Nielsen. So from Gladiator, she was supposed yeah. to be yes. So they wanted her so bad, and you know, I, for them to get Nicole Kidman, I mean, the star power she has, I mean, yes, uh, and I think uh, Morrison is supposed to play. Um, uh, Thomas Curry, so I could see, you know, you know them, you know where he gets his, you know that descent, which you know that that works. But yes, the the movie's all going to live on James Wan's direction, anyways. But Nicole Kidman just brings star power, and to me, the DCU for one thing that does get right is its casting. I think they have got a phenomenal cast across the board for for each movie that they've had so far. So. I'm okay with it. I I don't really you know have any negative thoughts um, you know right now on any of the casting. Yeah, no, I, I would think have all these guys are. Good. I mean, it's something like that, but yeah, I think I think a lot of us were hoping for Idris, uh, just because I mean, I just feel like it's such a waste having him as uh, Heimdall, even though he does a great job. It just seems like he could play. Lots of different roles. I don't so much want him for Jon Stewart, but I definitely wanted him for either Black Manta or possibly Martian Manhunter. 
And it seemed like that's neither are going to happen, but whatever. Maybe we'll get that to happen. Maybe he'll move on to do something else. He's a fucking great actor. We'll see him around. Uh, but uh, how about this? I'm going to ask you guys a question. Based, uh, actually, contradicting what I was saying beforehand, um, over and under 60% will have some type of um, Easter egg where maybe Black Manta has a young son, like a small scene of him uh, or elaborating that he does have a son in some way, maybe, uh, I don't know, like 12 or some shit like that, to set up a potential in the future. Uh, Juwan, let's start with you. Over and under 60%. Juwan? I don't know where Juwan went. Hello? Uh, Anthony? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm here. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought I freaking went off. Did you hear what I said? No, sorry about that. No, I was saying uh, I'm going to go with under only because I feel as though it's something that does not need to be addressed in this movie. You could spend the entire second movie doing that, um, mainly mainly because I side with Anthony. I think Black Manta will be very small in this movie. It'll be more focused on Ocean Master. Maybe he's following Ocean Master's lead, learning from him, and then in the second one, he's the big bad into which we might see, you know, the upbringing of his son, and then by the end, Jason Momoa takes him on as as his own um, student. I really like that. I kind of want, like, an, I've, so, I've told you this before, but, like, an emperor, if, if Ocean Master is the emperor, then kind of, like, Black Manta is Darth Vader or vice versa type of thing, especially when they're taught communicating together. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely like that idea. I'm just wondering if maybe, like, we won't see that until, like, potentially we see Damien or we see, like, a young Superboy clone or something like that to form, like, a further team, a.k.a. Young Justice or something. Um, how about you, Kanan? Over yeah, I'm say under, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say under 60% as well. I, I, like, like we, I think we all agree that uh, Patrick Wilson is going to be the main villain for Aquaman and Black Man will kind of just be – uh, I think he'll have a few scenes, but I don't think he's going to be the, the primary at all. So, yeah, that's something they could definitely set up in the second movie. Uh, Anthony? Yeah, I, I agree with the both of them. I'll definitely say under, just because, um, I mean, it, it feels like it'll be something that might overload the movie, if anything. So I think to have it be something that, if it does happen, like, in the last few moments of the film to set up the second one, that's a little more reasonable. But to have it be, like, midway through after the first two scenes of having Black Manta in, it would be a little unnecessary. It seems a little weird. So I, I'm, I doubt it'll be involved at all if in any capacity. Okay, well, I'm not going to admit that I thought that it was over 60%, even though I just did, because um, I'm the odd man out. But uh, we'll move on from this topic. Uh, all right, guys. Oh, and Anthony, just to let you know, we love having you around. That's why I'm not, you know, if you got to leave or anything like that, just let me know. Okay? Yeah, no, definitely. But let's keep on going and talking and shit, you know? All right, so... We're going to talk a little bit of Infinity War. Uh, the logo was revealed. Uh, I don't know if it's 100%. Um, I, think, I think it is, actually. I, I'm pretty sure this is the official logo. I'm sure you guys have gotten a chance. Uh, Infinity is in yellow. War is in red. It's got the Avengers A for the, uh, the A in war. Uh, it looks really cool. It's simple. You know, nothing too big. 
it looks like it could be like a cartoons uh, title, honestly. But you know, nothing, nothing too fancy. Uh, Juwan, how did you feel about the design? Um, I love the design. Um, <clears throat> it was it was subtle. Um, I, I like that you pointed out that war was in red with the Avengers A logo uh, as the A in war. Um, very symbolic. It, yeah, very symbolic. I agree, and I think it was also very symbolic making the uh, the war in red. Um, I, I love the logo. Yeah, I'm I'm also a fan myself. Uh, Anthony, how did you feel about the logo? Have you got a chance to check it out? I, I have. I was very surprised to see that they changed the logo. I thought it was a really interesting turn from when they first announced it. But I'm really excited for it. I think it re- I think it looks really cool. The more I hear about the movie, the more I get amped for it. So even the slightest thing as a logo change just kind of makes me all happy and excited. So I mean, it's it's cool looking, and the differences, like you were saying, with the um, the Avengers A being in the word war and then the different colors and the letters, it's kind of like they're dropping little hints that, you know, fans who are really into it will try to figure out. And I think that'll be a really fun thing for people to catch on to as it gets further and further closer to the movie, which I think we only got like, what, a year and two months now? I can't believe it. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I, I think it looks awesome. Kanan, have you seen the new design? Uh, yeah, I have, yes, yes. And uh, as soon as I saw it, I mean, I, I, yes, I love the war logo as well. And then the yellow of Infinity, you know, obviously symbolizing the, the glove, you know, the, the gold Infinity uh, gauntlet. But, um, yeah, I mean, like Juwan said, I mean, right now, I mean, it's a very subtle, but it's, it's a very effective logo, and I am uh, I'm very excited for it. I mean, it's I don't know. It's just all the accumulation of all the Marvel movies for this one, and I don't know how they're going to pull it off with all the characters, but I cannot wait. It's going to be huge. Those Russo brothers and their ways, I think that it's going to be awesome. Uh, I actually, I mean, we should just play this game. I, I swear we do it like every other week, but... Um, Infinity War is getting closer and closer. Um, me and Anthony, it's right in our backyard where they're filming it. Uh, I think someone's going to die, and I think it's going to be someone major. And I hate to be the uh, the bummer at the party, if you will. But let me ask each one of you guys, who's biting the bullet in this first movie? Uh, Juwan, who, who do you feel is going to be the one that <laughs> dies, if you will, in the movie? Um, well, one is, well, should be an obvious choice. Uh, Vision will definitely die in this first movie. I thought you were going to say Quicksilver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Reviving just to kill him again? That would be great. I, um, that would be amazing. <laughs> you never saw that coming. Vision, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Vision definitely will be one to die in this movie. And I think um, I'm going to go out on a... I'm gonna go ahead and say I think I think Stark will be dead. I think Vision, Stark, and possibly Cap. Those are the only ones I'm going with. Anthony, how about you? It's really funny because I was just gonna say I think Iron Man's gonna die, and the reason I think Iron Man's gonna die is because they'll need some reason 
for Rogers to return to being Captain America. And I think if Stark dies, it will kind of motivate him to put back on the mantle as Captain America and, and lead the Avengers against Thanos. And I think that would be a really, it would not only be a really shocking thing because no one would really expect it, but it would just be a really cool lead in to the rest of phase four and the next Avengers film to follow. Kanan. Yes. Uh, for sure. Vision. Uh, I think it's a dead giveaway that, that he'll have to go because of the stone. Um, I'm not sure about Iron Man right now just because of how huge uh, Robert Downey Jr. is to the franchise. Um, uh, I will say... Now, is it confirmed that all of the... Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy will be in the movie? Uh, yes, I, I think all of them are going to be in it. Okay, then I can see Rocket Raccoon and Groot Dying and possibly Scarlet Witch. Yeah, those are, those are my those those are those are my picks, and I I think then you'll see in the the second one. I think you'll see you know a few more people die, but for the first one, I think it's definitely Vision. I think you definitely have either Rocket or or and Groot die, maybe Drax, and you have. Uh, Scarlet Witch though. Actually, you know actually, can, can I? I just want to add. Go I ahead, just want to add. Um, I just want to add Kane, and I, I like that last one. I'm actually going to take out Iron Man and say I just see Vision in um, Drax dying. I say the biggest okay. thing, the biggest, my biggest thing for Drax dying is the fact that he um he said in the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie that now that Ronan was gone. Um, you know, to avenge his family, he has to go after Thanos. And I think once he sees Thanos, he'll try to go overboard and try to take him out himself, and Thanos, without even blinking, will take him out. Isn't yeah. Drax well, because the one of that some... defeats Thanos in the comics? Yeah, it, yes, he was, yes. He's actually the one that can defeat him. That, that would actually throw us all off if that happened, but that's up to Jay Batista because now what is he going to do, wait for another martial arts movie so he can be a henchman again? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I think Dave Batista's great. I, I love I love Batista. I, I love Mr. X too. I think for me, yeah, Vision's gonna die, but there's a good chance that he can still get revived since he's a machine. I think Quicksilver's biting the bullet finally. He's not coming back, and I think that Samuel Jackson's probably gonna go somehow too. Like finally, they're gonna be. Uh, maybe Phil Coulson will come back just to die again, and then he can go back to Agents of Shield, and we'll just pretend that didn't happen. Um, who knows? Uh, but as far as Guardians of the Galaxy, because I kind of didn't think about them, I could totally see Drax going out like that. Like you think, and comic fans especially think, that Drax is about to take out Thanos, and then he just takes him and he kills him. But I don't remember because it's not right in front of me. I don't remember because it's not right in front of me. Um, but uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, I'm pretty sure that... Um, which one to call it? It, it? That actually all of them die, and Thanos uh, takes them out, and then within Infinity Gauntlet they use one of the stones. Someone revives everyone, so I don't know if they're gonna go about that whole entire thing, but it is a possibility. Who knows? People are gonna die in a very happy, friendly movie called Infinity War. There will be lots of death and <laughs> sadness. Um, one uh, but, one, one know, statement about Infinity War. 
uh, is, is it true that the cast is so big that uh, I think like didn't Cumberbatch say that he was going to film his scenes in a studio in London or something? Like he wouldn't even be in Atlanta. He was going to he would film his scenes and then they would just you know patch him in via CGI. I, I heard that it was going to be so big that everybody couldn't be there. So uh, it's going to be amazing to see how that works. Well, I know I Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch was the only one who um, wouldn't be able to be there through the entire shooting. So what they're doing is he's going to go out there and film a majority of his scenes, and then the scenes where the team is standing all together, those won't be Benedict. Those will be somebody uh, that's a stand-in. But most of the action scenes and the talking scenes will actually be him because um, he's going to go out there and film the majority of them now uh, so he can get back to whatever else he's working on, and then they'll just have a fill-in, do the uh, other scenes where he's not necessarily talking or doing any- anything. They're just standing together. Okay. Yeah, I thought there was some, some stuff where a lot of people are going to have to do stuff. And I, I know some of them that are in the movie said they still haven't even received a script. So that's – I don't know if they're just waiting to get a script when it's their turn, like, hey, you're only going to know this part of the movie. You know, so that'd be good if there or was maybe those are the people that are going to die. Yeah, yeah, I know the people said he hadn't seen it, so maybe that maybe that's a dead ringer that he's going to die. Yeah, um, I don't know. That, that that's a very good question on it. Uh, it could be. Uh, I I think that when it goes back to it, it makes sense because they're talking about it. Like Nick said a lot before, is that there's supposed to be a bunch of uh, vignettes. So it's about, it's just like in the comic, technically they're all separated in different places, so we'll kind of, like, see the story get towards, you know, one cohesive story against Thanos eventually within it. I don't know. It's going to be an awesome movie. I can't wait. Um, the Russo brothers, I I feel like they're going to be drug addicts at the end of this. Like, I, they must be exhausted. Like, fuck. But, uh, you know, hopefully, and I think they will do a great job. Uh, anyone else want to say anything about it? All right, we'll keep on going. Uh, Good no. job, guys. Yeah. Oh. No, I was just—I was just gonna say um, the, when you guys were saying a few of the guys didn't have the script yet. Um, most of the people who don't have the script yet, it's literally only because they're not shooting scenes right now. Um, I think the majority of the first half is gonna be a Thanos story because when Josh Brolin went live, I asked him. I said, you know, are you ready for Infinity War? And he said, Well, I'll—I'll I'll, I'll be, I'll be shooting soon. So I think the guys who are on set now, it's more of the uh, the outer space shooting that they're doing now, and then everyone else, you know, when they do more shooting of them on Earth, that they'll um, we'll see more of them get on set. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, let's go to our next subject. Um, there was a, a weird tease, if you will. Uh, for a DC game, uh, we don't really know much about it. Uh, we just—it was a message from WB Games, who made, of course, the Arkham games. Um, but it said save the date uh, on the 8th of March of 2017. So I don't know if this is going to be another Batman game. I heard from them that they're not doing Batman games anymore, but they were going to maybe develop another superhero, uh, possibly a whole entire Justice League game, which would be fucking amazing. Um, I'll start off with you, Juwan. What do you think this possibly could be? 
I'm gonna go even though even though I know they said they weren't gonna do another Batman game. It's just one of those things where it's just like until someone tells me that these Batman games aren't making money, I think that's a well they'll always go to. Um, but like you said, I really like a Justice League game. That's a free roam game like that last Arkham was, uh, where you can play as some of the characters in a in a free roam world. Or could we see for the first time ever, I guess, a Green Lantern game? Um, that'd be dope. Uh, uh, you know, free roam, intergalactic type of game. That'd be really awesome. But I'm going to go ahead and put my, my chips on Batman. It's something Batman-related. All right, Anthony. How, how about how about you? How do you uh, feel with the possible uh, announcement of a video game? Where do you? What direction do you think it will be? Batman or something different? I think Batman's a possibility, just because I mean the popularity of that character creates boundless and boundless and boundless amounts of things you can do with it. But um, looking looking at it just to see where they might go, it could be a Superman game. Just like a really dark, I was also thinking that, yeah. finally done well Superman game. Because, I mean, it's been X amount of years since Superman's been in anything other than Injustice or Marvel versus Mortal or DC versus Mortal Kombat or what have you. It's been years since Superman's had Superman had a game. I played Superman 64 for 10 minutes, and then I almost broke the cartridge. Awful. But I... Uh, you know, it's just it's, I feel like that could be something. A Justice League game would be really, really cool, just to have all of those characters and then have it be some really dark, twisted story that goes along with it. But my just out of the thin air thinking, I would I would put it on Superman. Can I say this? All right, really quick before you go. Yeah, to, yeah. Before you go to Canaan, making a Superman game, and this is not me being a Superman hater at all. The way that he's written, sure, it, it already makes it hard to believe that the character can be defeated at all. So if you're telling yeah. me that in this game, if you're telling me you're making a game about him, how are you going to possibly realistically have it to where someone's bullets is affecting Superman? And then if you go, well, the bad guys have kryptonite bullets, so we just have a whole kryptonite superstore, a kryptonite Home Depot where these guys are going. <laughs> like, Superman is just not the guy you make a game about. He's the guy you make a game, uh, you know, where he's featured on it, where he might come help out or something. But a full game about Superman, it's to me, it, it seems very unlikely. Yeah, it's coming from a That's reasonable. Anyways, uh, Kanan, Kanan, how do you feel? Um, well, we know it's not the Suicide Squad game because apparently all the leaks uh, have that put on hold. But uh, I was reading that it was, uh, that it very well could be uh, another Arkham game. I think there's even a rumor that it's uh, titled Arkham Apocalypse. I don't know if anybody's seen that. But I, I, a lot of people want Rocksteady to make, uh, or, you know, WB Montreal, they want them to make a Superman game. I don't know. Uh, I, for one, would love a really, really good Superman game. The last Superman game I played was Superman Returns, and it was terrible. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Batman franchise for video games is huge. I mean, that, it's going to sell. I'm not sure how well the uh, Return to Arkham uh, remaster did, but, I mean, they could make a Batman game every year or every two years. 
and it would do well. But I would definitely like to see, you know, other games, uh, you know, a Superman game no, no. or uh, – I'm really looking forward to that Avengers game that uh, Square Enix is doing. I'm hoping that'll be Yeah, but, but that, 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 that that's a story. Oh, man, I thought that Square game – we all thought that that Square Marvel game was – what, they just said they're having an announcement, and so people everywhere started speculating it was going to be something movie-related, we were going to get some information, and then it was a trailer for a Square Marvel game, which is cool. I, I just, you know, I, I wanted a little bit more. Maybe I'm a, a glutton, if you will. But getting back to this game, uh, I, I really love the Justice League idea. What about Justice League Dark? You know, I feel like they they would be able to match that tone, and if you had, like, different characters to choose from, Maybe try something like that. Maybe maybe do it like you know, like they've done before, like make it a detective game, but it's much more in the spiritual realm. Uh, Anthony, would you be interested in the Justice League Dark game made by these guys? I totally would. Um, I don't know very much about a lot of the Justice League Dark characters. I can be completely honest with that, and I haven't seen that animated movie yet. But knowing that Constantine is a character and involved in it alone would be really fun to sway with just because I feel like there's a lot you can do with that. And I think that um, that property would do really well for the people who are big fans of it and are, you know, excited for something other than an animated movie or a comic. I think you would have a really good sell out of that alone. So I'd, I'd be down. I think that'd be fun. If you, if you don't like the premise, maybe, Juwan, not saying that you don't, but uh, would you prefer them do Justice League Dark over a Superman game? I just think a Superman game, it's just it's hard to pull off and, and still make it real. Yeah, I, I won't say realistic, but believable. Um, Justice League Dark, I mean, I've become a huge Constantine fan since Matt Ryan has taken over the character. Um, so I'd be down to see just Justin games. Uh, but Justice League Dark, absolutely. I, I love those characters, and you could easily make a really, really, really fun game out of those characters. Can I don't remember if I asked you or not. Uh, Justice League Dark, would you like to see that as a game? Yeah, I love the concept. Uh, I think that would be uh, going in a, another direction. I think they have enough characters that uh, the game could draw a lot of attention and, and bring in some uh, non, you know, some fans that really don't know a lot about it, you know, once they, they play the game, you know, it could bring some interest, you know, to uh, the Justice League Dark characters. Uh, I definitely would like to see a Justice League, you know, just a regular Justice League game as well. But yes. uh, with the popularity of uh, the Rebirth series, I think they could make, you know, quite a few games from lesser-known uh, characters. Uh, you know, including the the crew with Justice League Dark, so I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I'd like to see more, you know, more games go that route. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a very uh, cool concept, and uh, if we get enough chance, uh, time tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about Justice League Dark. We're going to do our review next week on the show, but uh, really, really cool animated movie. I love the comics, love the characters, and I love Matt Ryan as Constantine. I'm so glad they're doing an animated series on CWC to keep on having his character expand, and they're bringing him into the TV shows for CW probably next year again. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Let's move on, though. Um, Star Wars, the last Jedi trailer, rumored to be released during Star Wars Celebration. All right. So Star Wars Celebration is in Orlando, which I did not know, which is pretty close to me, actually. 
and Anthony. Um, but it's from, uh, what is this, April 13th through the 16th. So it's coming up soon. Do you think there's a possibility that they're going to reveal uh, the new uh, trailer for The Last Jedi, or do you think that's a bunch of bullshit? Uh, let's start with you, Kanan. Oh, no, I think it's a great possibility. Uh, I think I think they definitely it makes show, sense. Uh, some fight, some maybe not a full trailer, but some type of sizzle reel or, or some type of footage from the movie is definitely getting shown uh, at that celebration. And I think if it is a, I mean if it is a trailer, then we'll get it'll get shown to us. If it's just a sizzle reel, then it'll probably be something that we see, uh, you know, bootlegged. Um, but yeah, something's definitely getting shown there. Um, I, I I wish Star Wars didn't uh, always go this route. Um, I think they've done this the past two years um, with with their films. I wish they just give us like a little teaser uh, during the Super Bowl, and then um, you know the full length trailer like everyone else Star Wars celebration. Yeah, like everyone else. I I think to make us. And the thing about it is you won't even be able to see it until they release it on the Internet, uh, even when they do release it at the Star Wars Celebration. Um, you know, you got to hope that someone's either recording it or, you know, maybe they release it at the same time or the day before, whatever. But I just think when you do things like that, it's not fair to people who can't get out there. So I think just giving us a little teaser during the Super Bowl would hold us over until, you know, you release the, the full-length trailer to the, you know, the worldwide population. But I think holding it to the Star Wars celebration that majority of the world can't get to is just, you know, not the best. Um, I, I won't say not the best because to them it's a smart idea, but it's it's not cool, man. It sucks. It's not cool. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, how do you feel? Um. I'm actually in the opposite direction. I kind of feel like they should hold off as much footage as long as possible. I mean, I think with revealing the title for the movie being The Last Jedi, it's brought on so much speculation and so much hype just on title alone that, you know, the anticipation of seeing any footage about it will just increase over time. And even if they waited until Comic-Con, which they probably won't do, but even if they waited until Comic-Con to show the first slightest bit of footage, it would be mind-blowing because of all the speculation, all of the weight, all of the ideas and theories that everyone's thrown out. I think waiting until Star Wars Celebration is perfectly fine. I hope that it's that long of a wait. Am I excited? Yes. But I think that if they really want to build and to really get people as hype as possible then hold off as long as possible. See, I can definitely appreciate that answer. I, I get what Juwan's saying too. Um, you know, I, I, I expect them to do a sizzle reel at least. I don't know if it's going to be a full-blown trailer, but, you know, if I could just not see so much advertising for a movie, that would be great. I know that we kind of do stuff in the field where that's not possible <laughs> most of the time. But with Star Wars, it's like I love to try to ignore as many trailers as possible just so I don't have to see, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. It, it, it saves it for the uh, theater experience. Um, 
But who, who knows? Uh, you know, celebration would make sense of why they would do it there. Um, but I feel like that's a rumor that anyone could start. Like, you know, obviously they might do that at Star Wars Celebration. So someone's like, well, the, there's a rumor that The Last Jedi is going to be at Star Wars Celebration. Like, I mean, yeah, probably. Duh. I mean, probably not. It's up to them if they want to do it or not. Uh, I see them doing it at Celebration over doing it at uh, Comic-Con. Uh, a couple months later, which what might make more sense with Comic Con since it'll be a little bit closer. But who knows? Maybe they want to get the hype uh, that they know is already there, even more extended. Um, I'm not 100 well, percent sure. Uh, yeah, I think didn't Disney sit? I think they're going. I think they usually. I don't think they even show anything at Comic Con. I think they wait for the D23 Expo, which is in July. So I, I think they would probably show something then if they don't show anything at the celebration. I think Disney tries to show a lot of their stuff at their expo just so they can kind of uh, keep it under wraps. Because I think that's why pretty much Warner Brothers has won Comic-Con the last you know two or three years, because Disney waits and does, does their own thing at, um, you know, at the expo. So uh, if they don't show anything at the celebration, I think we'll definitely see something then. Yeah, I, I always forget about them having their own one now, so they don't have to be at Comic Con every year. Which is, whatever. I get what they're doing with that. Uh, all right, let's let's stay on topic. Uh, question with you guys, based off the title, "The Last Jedi." Juwan, starting with you, who is the Last Jedi? Who are they referring to? Um, I I'm gonna go ahead and say they're referring to Luke and 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 Ray. Um, because as they also, know, well. Yes, I, I think it means both of them. I don't think it's more it's more one than the other, um, mainly because I don't think they'll kill Luke in this movie. So when they when they say the term "Last Jedi" to the you know the universe, it was only Luke for the longest. Um, so I think now that you know they're going off the idea of the last of them are Rey and Luke, um, and those are the last Jedi. Like the, you won't see you know, a new spinoff where there's, like, six Jedi to come out of the woodwork. Like, those are the last two uh, as of right now. So I think that refers to both of them. That makes sense. It's a very, that's a very practical uh, answer. I mean, that, that uh, yeah, basically, because just because they say the last Jedi doesn't mean it has to just be Luke. Uh, it could definitely be, like, one taking over for the other or starting up the next or something like that. Uh, Anthony, what do you feel? Who, who do you feel is the last Jedi? Is it Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, I do agree with that. <laughs> that it doesn't have to necessarily. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be Luke because I mean, in in reality, Jedi can be uh, pluralized as well as singular. So I think it could be both of them, or it could just be one of them. But as a swerve, it could be Ben Solo. If there's a change where he joins the Jedi and and leaves the Sith, and Ray ends up becoming a Sith, and then somehow maybe Luke dies, there could be that swap that a lot of people have theorized over the over the last two years since Force Awakens. So it could actually reference Kylo Ren and his change to light instead of Ray or Luke. Anthony, you have no heart. It's just awful. Ray's not going to become a Sith. God. All right, uh, Kanan, uh, who is the last Jedi? 
Yeah, I, I agree with both of them. I mean, it could be, you know, it could be talking about both Ray and Luke, but I think the emphasis on Last Jedi is on Luke just because uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi, Yoda says, when I'm gone, the last of the Jedi, you will be. And in The Force Awakens, the scrawl, it says, uh, you know, looking for the last Jedi, Luke Skywalker. So I, I, think it's, I think it's on him because I don't think, that in the next movie that Ray will be uh, a Jedi yet. I think she will still be a Padawan, and I don't think we'll see her become a Jedi until, um, you know, until Episode Nine. So uh, I think the title definitely uh, refers to Luke. I like that. I definitely like that. I think that you guys are right. I think it's going to be definitely like a accumulation of everything that, or maybe we'll get the uh, character that Lupita Nyong'o played. She'll be the last Jedi in the movie. That'd be kind of. That'd be cool. The little yellow Yoda creature, whatever the fuck that thing was. Maz uh, Kanata. I, I did want to Maz Kanata, there you go. What a waste for a great actress. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> I do want to ask you guys this. Who do you guys what? think Benicio Del Toro's character is playing? Because I, that's my that's my um my favorite, you know, on the outside looking in, because I don't know who he's playing, but... When you go out and say, you know, you casted Benicio Del Toro, in my mind, it's like, all right, he's either one of the Knights of Ren or maybe he's the guy that, that's been training Kylo or will train Kylo uh, to become a more experienced Sith Lord. But what do you guys think? He's about? Ray's father. Ray's father? He's Ray's father. That's what I'm going with. Wow. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I feel like that is something that no one expects. And I mean, there's so much secrecy around this movie, and you got to think about the fact that J.J. Abrams did say that this movie made him jealous that he wasn't directing the script alone. So to have something like a big actor as Benicio Del Toro, who's supposed to be the villain, come out to be the, hero, or the father of the heroine would be a total swerve that no one would expect. Hmm. Let me ask you so this. He's, you he's, think that he's a bad guy, but you think that's a father, so it's like the Darth Vader Luke Skywalker thing? I don't think it's necessarily like that. I just think that he's a bad person who left his daughter behind because he was a bad person, and for whatever reason, he felt like that was the best decision, and then he happened to be... He could still be, like Joanna was saying, he could still be training Kylo Ren, and that could be part of his deal but I think he'll have some relation to her in some way. Don't you hear yeah, here? I just hosted. Benicio yeah, Del Toro is Snoke. Uh, is Grand Emperor Snoke. That's who it is. Uh, what were you saying, Kanan? I was just saying that who, whoever he's playing, I hope it's a significant role just because I don't want them to waste the talents of Del Toro. So I hope it's, you know, if he's a bad guy, then I hope that He's like the Sith that is training uh, uh, Kylo Ren, and that you know we see him, you know, clash with Luke at the end, and you know maybe they have like some battle where you have uh, Kylo fighting Rey in one part of a an area, and then you have Del Toro fighting Luke. I mean, maybe maybe Luke dies, maybe Del Toro dies, but I, I would just like to see him be a very significant character rather than just some CGI hologram like uh, Snoke was. 
All I know is, uh, like Lapita, when I found out she was going to be in the last movie, Benicio Del Toro would make a fucking cool-looking Sith or, you know, just uh, part of the uh, Dark Side in general. I love the idea of him being the one who uh, trains Kylo. Um, that's pretty interesting. Like, he's the head of the Knights of Rand, or he's at least his master or something like that, or the one that gave him all of his abilities. I could see that. I'm just wondering, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but when I first heard him in here before – they, we found out this character was coming to Rebels. Um, I don't know what the age is for the character of, um, oh, man, the, the blue-skinned guy. If you just escaped my brain. Uh, uh, Admiral uh, Thawne. Emperor. Uh, Admiral Thawne, um, you know, yeah. is there any way that since he was introduced in Rebels, if he could still be alive due to maybe his aliens aging at a different rate, and he's like more of like a general character within, you know, the whole thing. That's what I'm wondering, but who knows? Um, anyone want a, uh, another statement, if you will, about Star Wars? And um, yeah, just just a, just the last thing. Um, like like we were saying, like you guys were saying that that you hope he doesn't get wasted. I don't think he will, but I just want to add this this thought in, Dane. How cool would it be if? You know, picture a dark world where Ray and Luke are there, um, you know, meditating or, or, or whatever. It's part of their training. You know, they're by, like, a, a small little uh, uh, campfire, and you just see this huge ship come out of nowhere, and the first two off of it is um, Benicio Del Toro, whatever, you know, capacity he's playing, whether it's one of the Knights of Ren or someone who, who trained um, Kylo, those two stepping off the ship and fighting um, Ray and, um, and Luke. And then, like Anthony said, what if the big reveal is that his character is actually Ray's father, and you have that whole fight between, you know, one of Luke's relatives and Ray versus her father. That, to me, is just giving me chills thinking about it right now. Hmm, I like that. That's a very, very good concept. Who knows? I just can't wait for this movie. Um, I, love, I love me some Star Wars. If that makes sense. So that was a little Georgia accent. But let's go on to the next subject. Uh, really good thing, hopefully, if it's true. I want to like let everyone know that's listening. This is a rumor. Uh, there's a lot of stuff behind it that makes sense and is pointing it in this direction. But Sony, at least, is definitely try- thinking about getting rid of Columbia Studios, basically. Their movies go back to just electronics. Uh, I think that since I don't know who the fuck runs that, probably like an elephant with a peanut in a room. Um, you know, they keep on making horrible choices and they're really bad. But anyways, they saw Spider-Man and apparently there was a new article where one of the chairman was admitting that he's actually not too happy that, that he decided to split Spider-Man with uh, Disney Marvel. But hey, you decided to. And I think that was the only thing keeping you together. So getting back to this news report, basically there's a rumor that Sony is intending to sell the full Spider-Man uh, thing, all characters, all villains associated with the Web Slinger, back to Disney. Back to Marvel, basically, but to Disney, um, which would be fucking amazing. Uh, before we start, before I pass it around, I want to go and contradict myself on something that I said when this first got uh, launched about how, wow, this is really cool because now we can probably see uh, more Netflix involved with Spider-Man characters, but forgetting that there's so much tension between TV, Marvel, uh, and, uh, you know, Kevin Feige over with Marvel Studios. So 
there's there's now more likeliness that's possible so it's not between companies but that's still kind of yeah either way to have all the spider-man characters have venom to have the sinister six to have every villain every character black black cat pretty fucking awesome juan are you hoping this is true or are, do, you, do you just want this to be like you know go back to sony right um, well, all right, let me say this. I hope it's true, but here's why I know for a fact that even the report that said take it with a grain of salt, here's why I think they said that. Um, if you're, if you're Sony, you right now, even though you have a deal with, with Marvel, you still have all of the merchandising rights, which is why, you know, we don't see that many toys right now. We didn't see any toys, uh, that much, um, for Civil War. Um, you know, book bags, stuff like that. So Sony has all the merchandising rights, from from what I know. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's what I thought. Um, I think so you're if right. Sony, if you're Sony, you're making the money off of the, the TV show you have right now, you know, the toys you're going to be developing for this new movie, uh, the Spider-Man movie that you have coming out this summer. It's just way too much money to give up. I mean, unless they're trying to say that, listen, you know, the money's not adding up. We're spending too much money and not making enough back, which I think is impossible. Um, I would love it to happen because it means Kevin Feige can sit back and give us possibly the most purest villains uh, we've we've seen Spider-Man go up against. But I, 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 as far as Sony on a business level, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Unless they strike a deal that they keep the merchandising rights. I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, if if it's if it's to the extent that their film division is completely disintegrating, I don't think they're gonna try to just pump out Spider-Man movies. Uh, just because overall, Spider-Man might be one of the only things it's, it's it's making money with, and they they make pretty good money with Spider-Man films. But if that's the only thing holding up their whole entire studios and future investments, it might not be enough to be able to just keep the studio going. So, sell it at a profit, get some money from it work on just electronics over in Japan is what I'm assuming at least, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get you. Uh, Anthony, how, how do you feel about this rumor? Um, and you know, I don't know. I, I, I was saying for a while now that that probably should be best for them anyway, that they should just sell everything Spider-Man over to Marvel. But I mean, at the end of the day, maybe it's good for them to keep half of it if it's the one thing that's holding on to them. I mean, if it's the one thing that's holding that together and that's how they're making their money and it's the biggest thing for them, then, I mean, keep something. Maybe not full rights, but just a little percentage of of ticket sales or whatever or what have you. Maybe that's something that they should work out as a deal, but... I think personally it's more beneficial for Marvel to have Spider-Man anyway simply because I'm sure they're going to want to do more than the two Spider-Man films they already have lined up. And Tom Holland's going to be in Infinity War and you have all these other things where Spider-Man could appear and all these other different ways where Spider-Man can be useful and for them to have full rights to any and all things Spider-Man would probably be the best possible move in this situation between the two of them anyway. So I think it could be just a rumor or it could be a fact. And if it's a fact, I think it's the best way to go. I agree. I completely agree. Uh, Kanan. 
Oh, real quick though. Unfortunately, before you guys move on, I do have to go. So, sorry guys. But hey, but hey, buddy, it was good talking to you. Have a good night, all right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good having me. Yeah, you too. Have a good night. All right, buddy. Oh, and remember, if you guys uh, listening out there, if you would like to join the conversation, call 929-477-3781. You'll be on hold at that point just listening. Press 1 to join the convo. Anyways, like I was saying, Kanan, how do you feel about this rumor? Um, I'm going to say it's just a rumor uh, right now because I kind of agree with you. Uh, I don't see – uh, right now, they, you know, they got a pretty good partnership with kind of allowing some of the rights to go to Disney, you know, for, you know, the little crossover. But as long as Sony can distribute the movie and keep some of the merchandising rights, I don't see them letting it go. Plus, they're, um, you know, they're going to be really pushing the Miles Morales animated movie uh, that's coming out. And if that does well, then, you know, who knows where they'll go with the animated division. So, I don't uh, I don't see them giving it up just yet. I think they'll wait and see. I mean, uh, I think they kind of – it depends on the relationship between Disney and Sony in regards to Spider-Man. I know uh, when the trailer dropped, it was kind of a last-minute thing, and they had to wait for Sony to kind of sign off on if they were going to go with Spider-Man. Because if it wasn't, I heard that the trailer was going to show uh, Giant Man. But Sony – you know, so if they can't come to some type of agreement, they're going to stay arguing then it may be best for Sony just to go ahead and give it up. But I don't, I don't really see them doing that. As long as the movies are profitable, then I don't I don't think they'll give it up anytime soon. So I'm just going to say that's a, a rumor for now. I don't think, well, yeah, I don't think it'll I'm be just... true until something, until something completely happens. I don't see it being, you know, uh, anything more than a rumor is, is what I should have said. Well, yeah, well, what we should mention is that even though this part of it, is a rumor that Spider-Man is um, selling their rights directly to Disney. That is a rumor within it, but it is true that Sony's having, uh, they're, they're thinking about selling their movie division completely. So all the, uh, all different titles are trying to get rid of. So if, if that were the case, they're trying to get rid of Spider-Man. I don't think there's going to be any uh, person they're going to work that out with other than Disney. And if they did, then that would cause a lot of bullshit. Uh, so who knows? Um, my question is, if we don't have Sony making these movies uh, or help making these movies, do you think, Juwan, that means that we're only going to get uh, one Spider-Man every so awesome or every so often, I should say, not awesome, um, and just Spider-Man in Avengers movies, and there's no potential now or less potential, I should say, for Black Hat individual, Venom individual, stuff of that nature? Well, I I always thought uh, uh, those other characters getting individual films was something that probably would have never happened, even if Disney got full rights. I don't think those are characters that um, they would actually look to dive into for individual films. Um, but that's well, just my Sony was. It. That's just my... Say it again. Sony was uh, looking for a developer for a Venom movie, a Sensor Six at one at one point, and a Black Cat at one point. But that's because they didn't have, and, you know, already pre-existing uh, properties with Marvel. Right. I, I mean, I understand that. And I don't know, because I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, even when you show the trailer, who's, I mean, maybe outside of us comic book fans, but even that, who really wants a, a, a Black Cat movie or a full Sinister Six movie? 
Um, to me, I, I don't want any of those things yet because you haven't been able to do a good one to two, you know, great movies of Spider-Man yet. So I think when we get a great performance of Spider-Man, at least for two films, then that's something you can dive into. So I always thought even if they were going to do it then, it was way too soon. No, I agree with you uh, because, I mean, what's the point of that? And especially if you're going to do it, you're going to have to definitely uh, incorporate those characters first within a Spider-Man movie so they become popular with the general public to be able to have reason to do that for its own movie to be actually to make money, you know? Yeah. But how about how about uh, you, Kanan? Yeah, I agree with Juwan. I don't see anybody. I I don't I don't think they would go that route right now. With if the the rights did go to to Marvel, I don't think that they would be in a hurry to uh, push any of the Venom or type movies out. And I but I do think that if Sony does get rid of it, then that may hurt them. Um. You know, as far as getting as many Spider-Man movies, you know, maybe we see him more in the Avengers-type movies or, or team-up movies. But, um, I mean, I think for Spider-Man fans, they're going to be happy either way because I think they found a really good Spider-Man. So if it goes back to Disney, it's a win. If it stays with Sony, uh, then I, I think it'll be a win. But I agree with Juwan. They've got to put together two really good Spider-Man movies because we had a decent Spider-Man movie with Andrew Garfield and then Amazing Spider-Man 2 was just abysmal and then you you saw what happened they just completely started over with another Spider-Man so if they put two back to back you know then then maybe people will say hey we really want a Venom movie or hey we would like but I mean they're not doing a Black Widow movie so why would they do a Black Cat movie you know well I, I don't I, see my, my thing was actually that there would be less chance if Sony's not the one developing the movies to have a Black Cat movie. Because Sony was doing because they don't have a bunch of comic properties. So if we just go down to Disney Marvel, there's only going to be Spider-Man movies, basically. There's going to be a lot, le- lot uh, less of a chance to see a lot of those characters be established outside of that. Because I know all those rumors were associated with Sony because they were like, well, fuck, we got to make money off this catalog we have because we can't establish everything in a movie, because they kept on trying to do that, and they made shitty movies, because they would have, like, five fucking villains, or uh, a dubstep section. No, I think Juwan's right, though. I mean, as long as they put together two really good movies, then I think you could see Marvel say, hey, you know, let's... I don't know about a black cat movie, but I think they could definitely try to do, like, a Venom spinoff, or or something like that, or introduce him uh, in, you know, a solo-type movie. I just don't know if... You know, even if Sony kept the rights, yeah, if Sony kept the rights, I mean, where would the the need for it be? And then maybe Marvel's looking at it the same way. Like, you know, they're trying to push it, but that doesn't mean that it would do well because the Venom movie was in in talks in Spider Man three, and then the Sinister Six movie was in talks, and I think that's kind of thrown out the window since they brought in Tom Holland. Um, but and then this. The stupid yeah. idea of the Venom movie that has nothing to do with the actual universe. It's just in a separate one. So many stupid yeah, rumors yeah, exactly. developing things that they never did. But uh, who knows? Uh, I think if, if, if Spider-Man was home, I think that would be great. Um, I would love to have Spider-Man and Fantastic Four completely on Marvel, I'll be honest with you. Uh, but maybe if we keep on having more characters that are popular to spend time with, 
within those movies that will get less new characters developed in the future. Uh, who knows? Uh, that, that's the one plus about having Sony work with Marvel, though, uh, when it comes to that, for sure. But let's move on. Unless, uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to say about that? Nope, I'm good. Nope. Cool. All right. Well, guys, uh, I just want to say that we're about to talk about DC TV. We've said that we we're going to talk about DC TV. I think the last two weeks, but we've been we've been really busy with our shows, and we haven't got a chance to. But we're not kidding. At least I know I'm not when I say that whatever they're doing now, whatever writers they got, keep them. Keep on doing what you're doing because all the shows including Gotham, which was before something embarrassing if you told someone, even a comic geek that you watch, like, oh, you watch Gotham? Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Like, it would be that type of interaction, but my God, have they found their footing. My God, has Arrow gotten back to being a fun show? And I don't, I don't know how you guys feel. I think that with this new uh, version of Black Canary, they kind of made up for their them not being able to do it correctly beforehand, if that makes sense. Uh, Flash was great. Supergirl needs to get the ball rolling a little bit. We're we're about to have another Black Lightning TV show, and Legends was a lot of fun, too. So let's talk first about Gotham. Um, Man, not only did I love Jerome, um, Karen Monaghan's Jerome, but I thought that uh, David, I forgot what his last name is, the kid that plays Batman. Or the kid who plays young Bruce Wayne. Young Bruce Wayne. I call him Lil Wayne. You guys can call him Lil Wayne if you want. Uh, Lil Wayne was great in the episode. Um, Juwan, how did you feel about the episode? Especially like the uh, the mirror room ending. Very very reminiscent of the comics. I um I loved it. Uh, I thought it was um it was a very strong episode for the individual um characters kind of broadcasting the, the great acting that we already knew they possessed. Um, I, I thought the, the shining moment of that, that last episode was when Alfred told him, if you're going to keep doing this, you got to stand, you got to stand by something. Um, and that was when he, he, he started his infamous rule of he wouldn't kill. And I thought that stood out the most because I keep saying this, if this show is going to continue, the next season cannot have Bruce Wayne. Only because you can have you can say that time has passed and have him come back as an older Bruce Wayne, and then you can maybe do it how they did in Batman Begins, where he starts doing a few things, maybe just masked, and then he develops a suit maybe by the end of the season. Um, there's so many great things you could do, but I agree with you. Jerome was amazing, uh, Bruce was amazing, and I keep saying this: one of the strongest points of that show on a consistent basis. Is a guy that plays the Riddler. I've loved that character since oh, yeah. I first saw him. Um, he's been he's been such a consistent, great addition to that um that cast. No, not uh, yeah, I, I feel the same cast. way. Yeah, I, I, that's the one thing is that all right with the CW shows, for instance, some of the acting got better over time, but at first it was like Ugh. with Cotham. They had a bunch of great actors cast for the show, and they kept on getting great actors, but the show was a little doofy the first two seasons until they figured out where they needed to be and, and how they needed to form. And Like the girl that plays Barbara, the first season she's horrible as the girlfriend. Now that she's like insane, she's great. But, um, uh, Tannen, how, how did you feel about Jerome and um, the whole episode? 
Oh, I I thought the episode was fantastic. And you all know because I defend Gotham uh, when we talk all the time. I think Gotham is, is one of the best shows, you know, on TV right now. And I'm not even going to call him Jerome. The, the guy is, is Joker. They're not calling him Joker, but he's the Joker. And the, the showdown between him and Bruce setting up what's to come, this rivalry for the ages, the the best rivalry in comic book history, the Joker and Batman, was fantastic. And how he was baiting Bruce to kill him, to get him to turn, you know, over, and he didn't. Like, he looked at himself, and he stopped. So that was great to know that the Joker is the one man that helped Bruce establish the no-killing rule, you know, that set that in motion. Uh, because if Batman was ever going to kill anybody, you know, it would probably be the Joker because the Joker has brought nothing but pain and torment in Batman's life. So, uh, oh, Cameron Monaghan is fantastic. I mean, oh my goodness, can we get this guy? Yes. Can we get this guy in an actual movie? Uh, I mean, uh, nothing against Jared Leto, but oh my goodness, dude, he was just fantastic. I can't say enough good stuff about him. The cast of Gotham is amazing. Uh, I'm, I started to actually warm up to Ben McKenzie. I'm still, you know, I, his delivery in the first two seasons was a little off as, as Gordon, but he's gotten a lot better. And, oh, yeah, Corey Michael Smith is Riddler. When he comes back after the break, oh, my goodness, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So it's uh, – Gotham's amazing. Yeah, I even like Robin Lord Taylor or as uh, – whatchamacallit, Penguin. I think the cast is uh, just Penguin. great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree that uh, Commissioner Gordon uh, always talks like one way and and kind of gives that whole thing. Yeah. And I, yeah. But it works. Not the it, side of his it, mouth. It works. I think when he embraced it, instead of trying, just made it look like it was kind of a shtick, if you will. It it, it didn't bother me as much because I think he's done that in the last year too. Because it's not natural at all. It's not, it sounds kind of ridiculous. But mixed with Harvey, uh, I forgot the actor that played him, but. Yeah, the show's uh, great. Road. If they do, uh, yes, if if they ever go in the future, which I would love, I mean, shit, if, if they could have a Legend of Com- Tomorrow crossover, uh, but if they ever were to go in the future, I would love to see Cameron Monaghan, like, with makeup as an older Joker, like, completely, you know, looking like the part, basically. I just think the kid, he understands it. You can tell that he's a sweaty, because there's no way he didn't, have facial expressions like Jack Nicholson, voice laughs like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Mark Hamill, and also like a voice kind of like when he's talking directly like Heath Ledger. Like there, that's, it's, he's doing it, but he's doing it so natural that it just works. It blends and he, he's great. Like all his mannerisms, it's stuff that Joker would do. I love that they cut his face off. I, I, I don't know. I, I just really, really enjoyed the episode. And if they don't do what you said, I guess this will be the next question I can pass around. We were kind of talking about it before we went on air, but um, if they don't do what you say, Juwan, would you be opposed to, like, he's going to be 18 in the season, maybe two, if he became like a vigilante or even like uh, became started becoming Batman at 18 or, uh, you know, maybe uh, Fox makes him some tech that's like uh, uh, Batman Beyond's tech and something like that that he gets to go out would you like to see him crime fight, basically? Because I love the actor, and I don't see them leaving a timeline because they've established too much right then and there. I feel like that would maybe be something they could do in a couple seasons. But how do you feel about that? 
Um, I'd be fine with that, but they'd have to have someone that came in that taught him um, pretty much the martial arts that that you know the older Bruce Wayne knows. Yeah, they had someone. And I'm not. I'm not saying it has to be someone of the league or anything like that. Just someone he comes across that can train him in the arts of that. They do that. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. I wouldn't want it to be the actual Batman suit. I'd like it to be kind of how how like Daredevil suit looked in season one, where it's kind of like makeshift. I'd like that. Um, I'd like that a lot. What if I it like looked like? What if it looked like the Arkham Knight costume from uh, the 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 newest Batman game? Like something that's similar to that. See, I'd be fine with that. I'm just curious because we, we know the CWs. I don't know Gotham's budget, so I don't even know what oh. would lack. In the, you know what I'm saying? Like when when yeah, we watch they have, the they have CW, a bigger budget definitely than CW. Okay, so then that's that's my only question. They have a way bigger budget, then that's fine. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. It would be interesting, especially like him and. Um, I mean, also here's something too that we always keep on forgetting. Why do they randomly make Commissioner Gordon Batman in the comics? I mean, he's not in anymore. If the, if there wasn't some type of, hey, Commissioner Gordon could be Batman sometime, or at least use the mech suit or go by an alias uh, or a uh, vigilante-style concept, which he was already doing with his, with no costume beforehand. And the, I, just, I, I like what this does. It's taking a lot of different qualities of uh, various Batman properties, just like the animated series I see in it, Tim Burton for sure, a little bit of Adam West era, you know, and kind of like finding its niche. And it's a very interesting show. But uh, let's move on to a fucking awesome episode of Green Arrow, or at least I thought it was an awesome episode. I think that they are finally, and like I, I feel like the only the only complaint that you could possibly have is that she doesn't have blonde hair. But I think she's going to do the wig thing, which is the original Black Canary did. Uh, but I think they're finally making up and apologizing to a lot of fans about how convoluted they make the Black Canary, and that this will be the one that we know from the comics. And now that she has a backstory of being a badass, doing martial arts, being an undercover cop, and shit. I really love the backstory. I loved when she revealed that she was Dinah Drake. Uh, Juwan, how do you feel about our new Black Canary? I haven't talked to you about it. Um, I actually love it. Um, I think it's a great bounce back from what they were trying to do but failed miserably with Laurel. I'm not talking Black Siren. I'm talking actual Laurel um, from that earth. Uh, that was such a waste. I, I told you I always thought Laurel should have went with the Legends and Sarah should have stayed to be the actual Black Canary. I used to always think that until last Wednesday when I saw this new Black Canary. She she screams uh, Black Canary in every way, and finally Arrow's going back to the wheelhouse and saying, we're just going to keep doing what we did in the first two seasons that worked so well, and that was getting as close to the source material as possible. Um and, you know, just making great storylines. And that's what they've gotten back to, and I love the, the new Black Canary. How do you feel about Talia? I, I like Talia. I like Talia a lot. Um, I don't have any... Does she give you a lecture vibe? Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. She reminded me of Edie Long's uh, Electra a lot. Uh, Kanan, how do you feel Definitely. about the new Black Canary and uh, Talia Al Ghul and just the episode in general? 
I, I thought it was definitely a, a huge plus for Arrow. I think it's it's definitely you know got the interest back you know with fans. I think they I think they almost had to make up um, for last season. Um, I, I like them bringing in Talia. I mean, it, I was going to say you know as far as you know Gotham goes, I would love to see Talia or you know a race show up on, on that show. I know he's he's been on Arrow, and I know Talia's on Arrow now. So I think Arrow is, is getting back there. Um, you know, hopefully it'll continue the trend. I think there's still some fans that are kind of, you know, kind of wait and see. But no, definitely, definitely a solid episode for sure. No, I completely agree. Um, I just like this. Uh, I listen, CW. I know that you're listening right now. I know that you're uh, you watch our show every week or listen to our show. I should say, if you're watching our show, that's kind of weird because there's no, nothing to watch. But anyways. Listen up for Black Canary's costume. Make it exactly like the costume from Injustice, the new one that's coming out. Or just go back, look at a couple comics, figure it out, and that's all we want. Uh, she can have a blonde wig, or she could dye her hair blonde. It's not really that hard. I mean, the actress looks like she could play the part, no problem. And I definitely like the actress that's playing Talia al Ghul. I've seen her in other stuff. I don't remember her specifically from anywhere, but... She's awesome, um, and the show is really cool. Uh, I, I love that part where it was like uh, John Wick Gung Fu with uh, Oliver in the past where he like takes out 20 guys from the freaking Russian mob with his gun. That was pretty fucking awesome. The action's great. I think the show's going in a good direction. I don't know. I, I really I'm, – I'm excited uh, about the future, and um, I don't – Juwan, what do you think? Let me ask you again. All right, I know this question is getting annoying and everything, but who do you think Prometheus is? No, it's not getting annoying, only because from a week-to-week basis, I feel like I know, and then they immediately rip it away from me. Um, I still don't know. I'm still going for uh, – I think what they told us, that he was that, that business guy's son, I think that's true. I think I – think they weren't, you know, trying to get over on us. I think that that might be who it is. And Talia just took them and trained them. Um, I, I think it's it's just that simple. I'd love it to be more, but I feel as though it's going to end up being just that simple. Kaden. Yeah, this is this is. I'm gonna have to agree with Juwan. I I, I kind of feel like it's that that's the way they're gonna go. I mean, it could be you know a big twist, but. You know, right now I have no clue, so uh, I feel that it's kind of, you know, in the same direction that Juwan's going. It's Slade Wilson. I'm telling you. That's who it's going to be. I'd be fine with that. It is, it's Slade or Rajal Ghul. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, probably, I, I can't even see Tommy anymore. I have no idea. What's what's the name? Um, Walt, it could be Walter. Maybe it's Walter. There's that's That's a rumor going around. But, yeah, if it was Slade Wilson, that would be fucking amazing. Like, he's just been fucking with them. Or, or Rajah Ghul, one of them coming back to uh, to, root, to I, put dominance I do say over this, Oliver. I do want to say this. Was, now that we've had Flashpoint, I'd like to see Ravenger come back. I'm not saying that's who Prometheus is, but I'm saying I'd like to see Ravenger come back. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, I like the actress. I kind of wasted her. They wasted her tremendously. But think about her coming back now, now that they've gotten even grittier than they than they were in the second season. Because uh, the second season was definitely a dip down 
uh, grit-wise from the first one. So now that they've gotten back to that, I think she'd be a really great main villain. Because um, I, I thought she did really well for the little bit that they gave her. Summer I'd Blau, be down. that's her name. Yeah, I'd be down for for her to make her, her comeback. Even alongside Slade, the two of them taking over all over again. No, I agree. That would be really cool. I mean, it would be interesting. We don't know the effects of Flashpoint, which is going to bring us into our next CW show. Flash. Well, that was one hell of an episode. Um, I just, God, can they please just give Vibe the booty? Like, can they, can they get Cisco to just actually fornicate with one of these girls instead of getting teased by a villain? Half the uh, half the uh, episode. Um, just to let you guys know, if you don't know that from the comic books, um, she has different powers than Vibe. She can like uh, she has a power where she can like manipulate odds and like nothing like that. But Gypsy is actually Vibe's girlfriend in the comics, and I think they end up getting married. Um, so that's pretty fucking cool that they introduced her. They've now introduced, I think, almost every member of the Justice League Detroit, which is kind of cool within all these uh, TV shows. I just can't believe what CW is doing, just pulling characters out of their ass, basically. But I like what they did. I like the whole entire, like, she's trying to get Harrison Wells back because he left their world, now he can't go back. And I guess we have to deal with his ass forever, whatever. Um, and I also like the internal struggle of, of, of Barry realizing that he's got to get Wally to save his sister because Wally's faster than him, which makes sense because going back to the comics, that was the truth is that uh, when Barry died, Wally overcame his speed. And though, even though he can't, couldn't do things using his powers like Barry could, like, you know, because Barry knew it on a, like a scientific level, he was still faster overall. So it's kind of cool that they're inheriting that and putting that on their show. Um, how, how did you, how did you like the flash episode? Juan? There's, I heard a lot of complaints from people that it was the uh, Iris, oh, no, Iris is going to die episode. And I'm like, well, that's the fucking plot, so what do you expect? Um, I, I liked it. I liked it from the, the point of Iris kind of trying to tempt fate uh, as, as far as, like, you know, trying to see how, you know, pretty much feeling invincible because she feels as though she's only going to die from Savitar. So, she could jump in front of a bullet and she'd survive it because she, you know, she's destined to die by Savitar. So I thought that was a really interesting take to have um, on this episode. I, I knew from the second that, uh can't remember that guy's name, the new guy that they brought onto the team. I knew as soon as he told Barry that it's impossible for him to, you know, to travel that fast. I was like, oh. All right, so obviously Wally is going to be the one that has to, you know, step in and do it. So, I mean, you know, that was really great. Now I'm just, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to when we see this final battle, uh, Wally kind of taking, you know, Barry's place, you know, staring Savitar down as he holds um, Iris, and maybe Barry taking a, a, a different angle to try to take down Savitar, or maybe be a distraction. I don't know. So they're already changing uh that reality with, with a bunch of the moves that they're making, but sometimes we learn... Which works out uh, it's so the well every time. Yeah, it's the inevitable, especially with Barry. On the past two seasons, he always loses somebody. That's just the inevitable. Oh, no. Uh, Kaden, how, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the, you know, the, the overall, you know, 
uh, I'm trying to put it in words. It's yeah. I mean, to me, I don't know. It, it just, the episode kind of it kind of just feels like a, re- a repeat of some you know episodes. I mean, I like that they're definitely you know bringing in Wally and establishing him, but I mean, some of the stuff just kind of seems you know like every other episode kind of seems like the same you know build up. So uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it was, it was still a fun episode. I, I do like the story going along. Um, I like what they've done with the character Savitar. Made him, you know, took in the basis of him, kind of changed him up a bit. I'm wondering who Savitar is because it's obviously someone he, he interacted with in the future. And these all there's a lot of rumors going around that it might be Eddie. Um, I, have you thought about that at all, John? Uh, I did when I first heard that he was going to be back in the season. I I. I'm still going to hold on to the idea that he's a flashback for Iris. Um, but I just, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I'd find it really hard to believe, you know, since we haven't seen who Savitar is yet, that, you know, if it is Eddie, he's only in, what, maybe five five episodes, five, ten episodes. Um, yeah. And he's a part of another show. So, I mean, that always that always rubs me the wrong way. Um, when someone who started on one show goes to another and is on that other show, and then it's like, I highly doubt he's you know going to be able to do both shows. But if it does turn out to like be Tommy Eddie, Merlin. I think that yeah, I think that yeah, exactly. But if it does turn out to be Eddie, that'll probably be some of the dopest stuff ever because that means the future Barry saw was Eddie killing Iris, which would be possibly one of the biggest WTFs. Uh, Flash has had. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I can't wait to see it. Um, I also, um, we're, we don't have enough time to get into them, but I definitely was a huge fan of this newest episode of Legends Tomorrow. I just like what they're doing. I get the comedy. I get the shtick. Um, I love that the Legion of Doom's forming a lot, and they're just—it's a fun show. It reminds me of like a Star Trek show or like um, Quantum Leap, almost. You know, a lot of people say Doctor Who, but I've never seen an episode, so. I don't know. Supergirl, uh, let's get into this a little bit, guys. You know, it's not that I hate the episode, but we were talking about this earlier. I, I feel like Supergirl needs to pick things up a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about trying to take away some of the sentimental value uh, just because a majority of, like, the people that watch it are, are male, and that's not anything that gets the females. And I'm not saying it directed towards males, but, like, try to make it more, like, Charmed or, like, Buffy or, like uh, – a lot of Veronica Mars, a lot of these uh, shows that were developed. Uh, try to get maybe one of those developers to come out and ha- help out a little bit. Um, how do you? How did you guys feel about Supergirl? Do you think that it's kind of like it's going to need to have Superman as a main character next season if it doesn't pick up its ratings? I, I'm going to say absolutely. Uh, or, you know, kind of make it. I hate that we have Martian Manhunter on the show, but he's never Martian Manhunter. And I know that probably goes to budget, uh, that they can't yep. afford to have him look like that, uh, you know, every episode and all the time. But I think that speaks to it a lot. I mean, a lot of these missions where you see cars struggling, and, you know, he finds a way that he, you know, he says, like, oh, I can't help her, or she has to do this on her own. Like, dude, you have Martian Manhunter. You need to use him better. Have him be Martian Manhunter more often. And now that you have McGann and, you know, you know, uh, pretty much Superboy. Like, I need to see more of these guys 
kind of come into the mold of who they are and well, see them as, as a team world. Yeah, I'm sorry, and and guardian. Uh, I want to see them, you know, fight as a team more often because when you keep catering these episodes just to Supergirl, obviously by its rating, that's not enough. Kanan, how do you feel? Yeah, I've made it known that I am just – the first two episodes were really good, and yes, it was because everybody uh, couldn't wait to see Tyler Hoechlin as Superman. And then the next couple episodes were pretty good, and – uh, and then it just kind of it kind of drifted off. I, I really wasn't on board with uh, Jimmy Olsen being Guardian, but after I saw him a couple of times, like, oh, okay, this will work. I, you know, I really like the concept. But yeah, the I don't know. It's just to me, I feel like when they went to CW, it's like the writing kind of took a nosedive. You know, they can't use the they don't have the budget for the special effects um, like they did when they were on CBS. I don't know if maybe CBS just saw something and they were like, we gotta, we kind of got to, you know, get rid of this now. But I really wish that CBS would have gave it one more season on, on the, uh, on CBS with the budget just to see how it would go. And then if they felt like it wasn't going to work, then move it to CW. But I don't know. Yeah. If it, if it starts going that route, they're going to have to, uh, I think they'll have to show, you know, bring in Superman or, or bring in somebody else, you know, Cast Alex for the show, or um, have I can't. I mean, I've seen most of the episodes, but um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, there was the one of the villains last year. He wasn't really a villain, but he's kind of the Lex Luthor type. I mean, so they they lost him. Oh, Max and, Lord, Max Lord. Yeah, Max Lord. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know he's supposed to be in this season. I saw that he was you know part of the cast, but I haven't seen him yet unless. Uh, you know, he's been on an episode and I just didn't see him. But then, you know, it just I don't know, it just doesn't have the same feel. I feel like they're trying to stress a lot of stuff, but I mean, I hope it's good because they've got something set there. You know, they're building their own little universe, and if Supergirl goes off, then I mean, it's kind of, you know, then what? Now it's just like the Arrow and Flash. I mean, the Legends of Tomorrow, you know, hopefully that works, but if that doesn't do as well, you know, now you're, you know, where's CW left? So... Well, that, that's my biggest thing is I don't want that to happen. And I don't know if the writing took a nosedive. I think that they're just missing Clarissa Flockhart. Uh, but the special effects budget definitely did. And that's why we're not seeing Martian Manhunter as much. Um, I don't know how they get around that. Maybe give him his own show. I don't know if they have enough room now with everything that's happening. Uh, but, you know, they definitely have to take some, like we were saying, um, you know, do some changes, uh, try to get it to a standpoint, get some writers, like I said, off those shows, like that worked for Buffy and, and worked for uh, Veronica Mars. I mean, the, the creator of that show made White Zombie, so, or not White Zombie, um, iZombie, so maybe he could help out. They could definitely do that, Charmed writers, Charmed showrunners, whatever. Just get something on there, try to sh- develop the show more. Embrace it like Men in Black. They don't have the, uh, the budget to do that, but they definitely have that aspect on there, which is really cool. It makes it a fun show, uh, but... I don't know. Uh, if they don't, they're going to have to bring Superman over next season and make him a, a main character. I guess the way they could do that, and here's an idea thrown out there, is that Lex Luthor gets out of jail because we know he's in jail. He's deemed innocent, and then he moves uh, to her town. So there's a constant reason why Superman has to be there, but he's trying to prove that he's innocent while they figure out that he has a whole scheme going on maybe within the season or some shit. Something like that. 
Um, and I also would suggest Corey Stoll, let me just say, as Lex Luthor. I've been saying that for a very long time. I saw, when I saw Ant-Man, I'm like, that was Luthor. I don't know what the fuck that was in BBS, but, you know, maybe that's just me. But anyways, came back to it. I also think that's something that would help out. That is the last thing I want to talk about with you guys real quick. Um, we have Black Lightning coming out. Um, it's going to go on the CW. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. Uh, I hope they don't try to throw it on Fridays. Maybe on the weekend, or maybe they're going to try to double up. If they double up, I would double up Supergirl with another show and give Black Lightning its own thing, maybe. Uh, maybe that would help her out a little bit if it was on the same night as Flash or something. But since it's going to be a part of the CW multiverse, I suggested that it actually should be a part of Supergirl. Um, my reasonings was he's older, obviously. He's in his late 40s. His two daughters are now figuring out they have powers and are going off and doing stuff, and he's got to intervene and try to train them or do something on that, that type of level. Uh, we know that Black Lightning has interaction with Batman. Uh, him and Black Lightning and Geoforce formed the Outsiders. So we've, we've heard from people, I think Tyler Hoechlin was the one who made the comment, like Easter eggs hinting to Batman being in this world. And not only that, but maybe Black Lightning can kind of serve the purpose that in the cartoons uh, Arrow or Green Arrow and, um, and Green Lantern, Jon Stewart, kind of like that fatherly aspect of Supergirl, and also kind of have an interaction like the way that Flash and Arrow do to kind of like scope up a world, because the only things that matter in this whole entire scheme of things is the first three, obviously. So I think that it would really benefit Supergirl's world if they had a connecting superhero. Uh, how do you guys feel about that, um, Juwan? Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that I I, I love the idea you had uh for, for Black Lightning, he shouldn't be a part of Supergirl's world. Um, I also think he should take Thursdays. Um, and Supergirl isn't doing good ratings wise, so we don't know Supergirl's future. Um, and I don't want Black Lightning to already have an established storyline, a part of hers, and then they get rid of hers. And now you have to kind of make it seem like it never happened or, you know, continue that same feel. I don't want it to be hitched onto that wagon. I'd rather him uh, be a different Earth or have him a part of the Arrowverse um, and, you know, just have it in a, a different city or something like that or whatever. Um, I think it belongs on Thursday night. Uh, it, it can maximize or Supergirl goes, Monday nights would be perfect for Black Lightning. All right, Cannon. Yeah, I I, I agree with Jalon uh, as far as you know, not really having Black Lightning in the same world as Supergirl because if Supergirl does tank, then you know now they're kind of left like well maybe uh, maybe they shuffle the the schedule around. Maybe Flash goes to uh, Monday nights and Supergirl goes to Tuesday, uh, or you know they switch out um, Legends of Tomorrow with Supergirl. Um, to you know, see if they you know pick up some ratings, but um, yeah, I think Black Lightning could probably could you know maybe um, you know follow after uh, another uh, uh, yeah Friday. I wouldn't do Friday, but yeah, like Juwan said, maybe move it to Thursday. Um, or what's 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 in the slot after Flash on Tuesdays? I I don't know what what comes on after that. Legend, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay, so you could maybe do. Supergirl on Mondays and Legends, and then do uh, Flash and then Black Lightning. 
or do Black Lightning and then Flash at, in the, uh, the 8 o'clock spot or, you know, 9 o'clock Eastern. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a good concept. I don't know about – I mean, they brought Superman in. Why not do a Batman? But, I mean, we've got Gotham, so, I mean, do we need three Batmans? Do we need a, a movie well, version, a CW it's, it's, version, it's, it's and more, a Gotham version? It's more of a rights issue with that because Fox bought out the, the, the catalog for the Batman character specifically for TV rights. But either way, it doesn't matter. We have a couple seconds left. Uh I agree. Good conversation, guys. That was a lot of fun. Um, I want to thank everyone that was listening out there in Geek 5 Nation. You guys are great. Uh, Juwan, why don't you say goodbye to the people? Uh, thank you guys for listening in, and we will definitely see you next week. Same time.